It's a, a, a great privilege and an honour to bring the Word of God. Does anyone know what this is? It's a prayer show. We're going to come back to this prayer show in a minute. It's, uh, it's quite a significant thing. I've learned lots in life, mainly through mistakes. Stuff where I've got it wrong. And by the grace of God, he's corrected me. And put me back on track. And I guess that you're much the same. God doesn't want us to learn through mistakes necessarily, but he wants us to hear him and just to to flow with him. But we don't always, do we? Lots of voices in this world. And in it all, I've learned this thing of when you hear the voice of the Lord, there's only one response, and that's to say, yes, Lord. There is only one response. And so the most important thing in life that I've found is hearing the voice of the Lord, whether that's through reading the Bible or through prayer, through worship, we often hear the word of the Lord. And uh, I do thank you, Ian, for your prayers, for mission, but I would say I'm, I'm no different from you, that you're on mission this week. I'm going to get in a plane and fly off somewhere. But are you on mission? Has God got a mission for you this week? Is there something especially he'd be talking to you about? That you need to hear him? And that's why this morning I want to talk about a bit away from the text a little bit. It's not necessarily how to pray. But it's, it's, why should I pray? Why should you pray? Why should God say in the text that we're going to read a little later, when you pray, pray in this way? Because prayer isn't our idea, it's, it's God's. And because I'm going to Africa, and some of you know Africa, that people are quite responsive, yeah? I need some response this morning. So when I, when I say amen, your response is amen. amen. Yeah? Should we have a try? Amen. amen. Yeah? So be it, yeah? Because there'll be a few. Amens. No, you're not with it yet. <laughs> and when I say hallelujah, you translate it. Praise the Lord. And if I say praise the Lord, you translate it. Hey, you got it. Amen? amen. Hey, we're, we're there. Why pray? Do you know the greatest thing in the world is to know the mind of God? We were created to know his mind. We were created, no maker, and certainly not God Almighty, would make anything without a purpose. No maker does that. No creator creates just abstractly and as a look and sees, a, oh, I've, I've made Ian, and what, what can I do with him now? No, 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 I shouldn't ask a question. Yeah, <laughs> He wouldn't. He would make each of us with a purpose, with an intent. Often, 
you know, certainly when we pray, that we want the hand of God to work in our lives. We want the acts of God. We want miracles. We want God to do something. But there's a greater experience than that. And that's when you know the mind of God. When you begin to understand God. When you understand the ways of God. When you begin to walk in his ways. And you can know the blessing of God. And see the acts of God without asking for the acts of God. Because you know the mind of God, you know the ways of God, and you walk in the ways, and God blesses. If I refuse to walk in his ways, but ask for his, his hand to work, is that going to happen, necessarily? It does sometimes through grace. But God wants me to know the mind of God, and that's why I pray. I need to know my purpose. And I say respectfully and humbly that you need to know your purpose. You could think my purpose is to uh, to have three meals a day, to life, to have enough um, finance that I'm not worried about money, to have so many holidays a year that all my children grow up without any trouble and they go to university and get great jobs I mean they're byproducts that's not the reason that you were created they're all good and laudable if I don't know my purpose in life I can abuse life And the only way to find fulfillment and blessing is to live according to my purpose. In Proverbs 19.20 says, Many are the plans in a, man's, in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 19.21 We can have many plans in our hearts, but the Lord's purpose, not the Lord's purpose is, but the Lord's purpose prevails. The purpose, purpose actually means the original reason why we were created. That's the purpose. Why we exist. Why did God amazingly create all that's around and then ultimately at the pinnacle of creation? On the sixth day when everything gloriously was in place, he made something that he called very good. Mankind. Why did he create us? That we might walk with him. That we might know him. That we might know the mind of God. That was why Adam and Eve were created and he came in the cool of the day. And I would have loved to be a a fly on a tree and listen to what God was saying to, uh, to Adam. 
But he was sharing his heart. He was sharing his mind. He was sharing his ways that Adam could live according to the mind and the ways and the heart of God. Nothing's changed. Nothing. God is unchanging. And prayer was fundamental in knowing the mind of Christ. Just before I went to sleep last night, I listened to something on there that someone had sent me, something on my phone. And this guy was saying that your voice is heard in heaven. That's what he was preaching about, how important prayer was, because your voice is heard in heaven. There's lots of speaking on earth, isn't there? We do it endlessly. You're hearing voices, 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 comments, opinions. But prayer makes your voice heard in heaven. Hallelujah. Well done. Amen. Your voice is heard in heaven rather than on earth. And when your voice is heard in heaven, which is asking God to talk to you, a voice comes back from heaven to you and connects with you. Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in synagogues and on the street corners. To be seen by men, I tell you the truth, they have received their, their reward in full. And then he goes on to talk about the Lord's Prayer, which we've, we've been looking at in, in, in detail recently. In verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting. God says, do these things in secret. Why would he say that? He said, get in your closet and pray. He says, look good. Don't look as though you haven't been eating for two days. Don't let anyone know that. Why he says that is because it's between you and me. This prayer is about you and me. It's about me and the Father. It's about you and the Father. It's about you connecting with the God who created you in an amazing way. When you pray, when you fast, fasting is an aid to praying. Fasting is a showing your earnestness and your commitment to want to hear God. God is sovereign, why must I pray? If he is sovereign, is he all-powerful? Amen. Can my prayer change his mind? That's a good question. If he's a sovereign God, is little Ian Moore's prayer down here, am I going to boss him around and tell him what to do? 
Am I going to give him my do list? Oh God, this week, would you do this, do this, do this? And when you've finished, I've got a few more jobs for you to do. And then would you tag along with me and help me when I get in trouble? Is that the way it was meant to be? I'm not saying we shouldn't ask petitions of God. If he does change his mind, is he still sovereign? Is God limited? I say yes, God is limited. God is limited by his word. That once he spoke his word, he's defined what he will do and what he won't do. He's defined the parameters in which I should be praying. And he will not transgress his word. When he speaks, it becomes law. When it speaks, it creates. The Bible says he places his word above his name. He will not violate his word. There's a similar passage, if you turn with me, in Luke 11. One day, Luke 11, verse 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say. And then we have the Lord's Prayer. It's the thing that that the disciples saw about Jesus. They saw his prayer life. Above everything else, they saw the way that he prayed. And they came to him and said, Lord, because they saw the effect of prayer in Jesus' life, one of them came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, show us how this thing works. He didn't ask how they could, could perform miracles, how they could become teachers like he was. They wanted to know how he prayed. They'd been with him. They walked with him. Jesus prayed alone, not with his disciples normally. And they observed him saying, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only speak the words that the Father speaks. There was something about this amazing relationship with Jesus. Turn back to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. I should hear the rustling of pages. Oh, I suppose we're all on mobiles, yeah? Okay. Verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark. I mean, in, in, daybreak would be about six o'clock. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, could have been, I don't know, three o'clock. Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, 
Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else. Everyone was looking for him. There was a ready-made audience for him. The disciples had sorted it out. We've got a whole crowd of people that want to see you, Jesus. He had been with the Father. He had spent time with the Father. His life wasn't to be dictated by the disciples as much as he loved them. And he said, let us go somewhere else to nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. He'd come from the Father. He'd heard the Father's voice. His habit elsewhere in the Bible is said while, in a number of occasions, while it was still dark, he went to pray. To spend time with the Father. You know, God's... I, I have to keep reminding myself that God's priority is not ministry nothing about ministry ministry comes down the line it's an outworking God's priority is intimacy amen that's the most wonderful thing and it's out of intimacy that ministry flows in Matthew 7, let me just read that passage to you. It's well known, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and perform many miracles? Didn't we have ministry? And he's saying, I, I didn't have any intimacy with you. How much of a priority is that? Why did Jesus pray if he was God? Hmm? I turn back to Genesis 1. Now I come to the purpose. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image and in our, light, in our likeness. And let them rule or have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock and over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. God spoke and he said, let man who I've created have dominion over the earth. Let him rule over it. So I ask you the question, has God spoken that? Who has dominion over the earth now? He spoke it. Man does. 
mankind, he gave dominion on this earth. He gave it. That's why he created it. That we might have dominion or rule with God over this earth. And there was no going back. And Satan was quick to see this. And within a, a, a short time, it snatched it back. He'd taken it away. He'd broken that relationship where Adam was with God and Adam could rule and reign righteously and enjoy the benefits of this life through walking in God's ways and knowing the mind of Christ. He said, you don't need all that. You can discern what's right or wrong. You do not need God. You do not need to walk with him. You're a big boy now. You can think for yourself. Man still had dominion, but he didn't have the wisdom now and the way to execute what God wanted. And the end result is the world in which we see it. Full of pain and anguish. Sin. Yet salvation came and Jesus came and he gave us back authority on earth. Hallelujah. (laughs) The only creature to have legal authority on this earth is mankind. That's why Satan always looks for a body. Satan can do nothing outside of a body on this earth. That's why evil comes through people. It's not just an abstract thing. Satan enters into people. He enters into our mind and our heart and our ways become wicked. And we do horrible things. That's why Satan looks for a body to exercise authority. He entered into Judas, it said. That's why when Peter seemingly was saying, no, Jesus, you can't go to the cross, don't do it, he said, get behind me, Satan. Not Peter. But it was coming out of Peter's mouth. And that's why God had to come to this earth in a human body. Hallelujah. He could come in no other way but in the form of man. Man enwrapped itself around the word of God and came and made his dwelling amongst us. He said in the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a woman, Emmanuel. It was so it would be legal. The one who was going to exercise authority again and bring us back to where we were would be a man. And yet he would be God. Unto us a child is born, but a son is given. That son was never born. He came from heaven. Son of God. He's never created. Given. Praise the Lord. Mary was the mother of Jesus. She was never the mother of Christ. Never. 
And Jesus in his humanity, in his man kind, prayed to the Father. Because God delegated authority to mankind. Because God delegated authority to mankind, God needs to be asked by the one he has been given authority to for license to help him to rule and reign. That's what prayer is about. Prayer is me coming to God and saying, God, enable me to fulfill that which you've asked me to do. I take the authority you've given me and in your power and in your strength, I choose to receive from you that I can live out the kingdom of God here on earth through my total dependence upon you. That's what Jesus modelled for his disciples. You in, in, there's a strange scripture in, in Mark 6, verse 5. When Jesus is in Nazareth, he said he could not do any miracles apart from a few, few small ones which were healing. We'd love to do the ones that he managed to do. But he said he could, he could not do them. Not he would not. He could not. Something was restricting him from working. And it was because of their lack of faith. Prayer is about helping me fulfill my purpose. Not making my life easy. And that's why Carol whispered to me just before I came up. She said, you didn't, you didn't tell me that the Congo was the way it was, that it was dangerous on the government website. Well, I've spilt the beans now. But when Carol said, you didn't tell me, I said, for me, it's the safest place on earth because God told me to go there. To stay would not be safe. But to go is the safest place in the world. So to give us... See, when I say help me fulfill my purpose, you know what God does? He breathes his Holy Spirit upon you. He gives you his spirit to live your purpose. Not to live your way. Not to live according to the mind of Ian, but to live according to the mind of Christ. Each and every one of us. We're given the ability to rule and not be ruled. And I come to this little prayer, Sean, now. It's been six long weeks applying for my visa for the Congo. Initially, I, I sent off eight pieces of paper and the form completed, only to find out that because uh, the Congo, they're really worried about the people that are going into the Congo these days from other African countries, the embassy in London won't grant a visa. It gets sent off to Kinshasa. And it can take 15 days to process it there. Well, after 15 days, I phoned up the embassy and they said, we've not heard anything from Kinshasa. We suggest you ask your um, contact in Kinshasa to go to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and find out which 
um, eventually, that's not an easy thing, get an audience and find out the person who wants to speak to and corruption is great there. Anyway, Simplist finds out. And there's another sheet of paper that I never knew I needed, some authority I needed um, sent. And so um, Simplist said, could you um, email it? And I did the next day. And he took it into the embassy and um, that was fine. Nothing happened for four days and I phoned up London and they said, um, we haven't heard from him. Simplist back there and Simplist said, phone up the embassy again. And I phoned up the embassy and they said, um, the woman said, hey, this is a miracle. Just as I'm talking to you, the fax is coming through saying your clearance. I thought, praise God, that's wonderful. Um, there was about two and a half weeks left now. Uh, they said, you, you, you should get your passport on Monday, uh, your visa and passport on Monday. Monday, nothing. Tuesday, nothing. I phoned up. Um, this was last week now, bearing in mind I'm going in a little while. And they said, uh, it hasn't been sent. I said, yeah, it has been sent. There was a hallelujah and, uh, you know, it's just come through on the facts. They said, no, no, it hasn't. So I had to phone up Simplice again and get one cent. That was another problem, getting to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And it got all the way to last Friday. We sent the, I sent the fax on, the, on, they sent the fax on Thursday. I phoned up the, the embassy, get through to the visa section. And the man says, um, we haven't got the right bit of paper. I thought, right bit of paper? He said, anyway, we, 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 we sent Ian Moore, Tony Britton, uh, an agent came in to collect the passports this morning. I said, agent? Collecting the passports? I'm, I'm going to collect these things personally. And he said, I'll phone you back in ten minutes. Well, African ten minutes. Uh, two hours, nothing. Now this is Friday, uh, Wednesday is the last time I can get it, and they're saying all this stuff. And I, I, in my mind, they've lost the passports now. They've been shipped off somewhere else. That's why they're not coming back to me. And so I phoned up again and I got a very curt reply. I said, he, he'll get back to you when he'll get back to you. So hmm, that put me in my place. And then I, I realised what I'm preaching about. That I've got authority on this earth. God gave me authority. God gave me the ability to reign and rule in his name, not in my name, in his name on this earth. And so I, Carol and I sat in our lounge and um, other people prayed. And we prayed in tongues for about 20 minutes, claiming it. And Carol went upstairs to my office, which is, uh, Carol doesn't often go up there because it's a, a loft conversion and it's my den and uh, I'm really pleased that she didn't. I know she'd, she'd, see the, she'd see the dust there and she'd do piles of stuff. And uh, Anyway, she... She went up there for something, and I've got all these cases with things packed. Stacks of stuff that I'm taking to the Congo. I've got no visa. And I heard Carol sigh as she saw it all. And then she came down, and do you know what Carol did? She got this prayer shawl. And what the, the, uh, the Jewish people would do, they put it over their head. And they cover themselves. And they close it. And they pray. In secret with their God. 
Because prayer is about you and God, no one else. They do that to shut off the world. It's the intimacy of just being with God. Just being with God. And Carol came downstairs and the phone rang. Carol picked it up. And the man, do you know what the man said to me? These are his words. God was speaking through him. This Congolese man said, you didn't trust me, did you? Hmm. He said, I've got these, the visa's been granted, they're here. You can come and collect them. You know, sometimes we need to take authority over God. I'm not over God, over uh, the authority that's been given us. It's given you the right to rule victoriously and righteously in a fallen world in the name of Jesus. And it's only the church. God acts through humankind. Do you see that in the Bible? He acts through Abraham. He acts through Joseph. He acts through David. He acts through Gideon. He'll act through Isaiah. He'll act through Esther. He'll act through Deborah. It's humankind. It's not some abstract thing that happens. And prayer is a necessity. I implore you, in Jesus' name, to pray. There's a, there's a little group that offers prayer here every Sunday morning. I would say on average that 25% of us should be asking for prayer and not carrying our burdens away. We should be asking to be prayed for. If a prayer meeting... I know you have lots of prayer meetings. But of all the meetings in church, the prayer meeting should be overflowing. Because something gets imparted from heaven when our voice goes to heaven. See, prayer is a necessity. He's given the keys back to man. He's restored through the cross what was lost. And that you, the word says that you have the power to bind things on earth and they will be bound in heaven. That's the way. You have the power to release things on earth and they will be released in heaven. God has given you the authority to rule. In Matthew 28, 18, I know these are passages that are very dear to Ian's heart. Is that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore I pass this authority on to you to go and do, make disciples. We ain't meant to be a punch bag for Satan. You're not meant to be mugged day in, day out. You're meant to rise above these things in the name of Jesus. And prayer is at the heart of it. You see, when, when Jesus died, there was no body. 
I mean, there was no body, but there was no body, in a sense, to rule because he'd gone. Mankind had lost it. Jesus had demonstrated it won a victory on the cross and then it ascended. God needed a new body. He needed a new body through which to work. Hallelujah. That wasn't a very good praise the Lord. And you didn't even give me a hallelujah on that one either, did you? Yeah? But a new body was formed on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. The body of Christ. Not the body of Jesus. had gone to heaven. The body of Christ here on earth. To reign and rule with him here. Not waiting for heaven. That's why your mission this week is with him. With all the power that he gives you to rise above every circumstance and to act righteously, to do great things in his name. Given you dominion to rule. And prayer is calling on God to enable us to fulfill our purpose. Amen. 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 Can we do just that? Just before Christine comes and, and leads us in a bit of worship. If you want that in, in your life, because I certainly do, I'm allowed to go with 46 kilos of baggage and 12 kilos of carry-on. And that's nothing compared with what God wants to put in my heart. That no, there's no way that, that, that God wants to fill you with all you need to live victoriously. In the circumstances in which you find yourself, Sometimes he doesn't want to deliver you out of where you are. He wants you to live through it and grow. But with joy. So if for this moment I'm just going to pray, if you want that, because in the Bible it does say stand praying. I just ask you to stand to your feet now. You may not know your full purpose. You may not know what it is, but you, it just as a desire to know the mind of Christ and the way of Christ for you. Just quietly stand to your feet now. Just close your eyes. This isn't about anyone else, though there are, there are, there are others. This is about you closeting yourself just for a moment with him. With this spiritual sh uh, prayer shawl over your head. Just you and him. Find time during this week to be intimate with God. And let him impart all you need to live according to your purpose. Gloriously. Victoriously. Father, 
we humbly stand before you acknowledging our need of you. Without you we can do nothing but through and in you we can do all things. And I thank you, Father, as I stand with my brothers and sisters before a holy God, righteous and just, full of mercy and compassion and love. We make ourselves vulnerable to you, Father, and acknowledge our total dependence upon you that we might know the mind of Christ for us. And Father, you will empower us, the body of Christ, with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Breathe on us, O breath of God. Fill us with life anew. And Father, that we might go out into this, your world, and live according to your ways, your precepts. And Father, that we might make a difference for our Jesus. For we ask this in his name. Amen. Amen. You got it right that time. Yeah.